The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Crowder Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Central California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon a landmark in Kali for 99 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church choir was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, Saints, wherever you are, the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and conference and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus, to pay the ultimate price, His life for our salvation. Thus, we celebrate Christmas, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, with a victorious song by the church choir, Joy to the world, hallelujah. Emilia Hahn directs our church choir, Abel accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano, and Rose Walker Carter on the organ. 
Sing along with our choir using the words on your screen. The church band under the direction of yours truly will play the song entitled, A Legend of Kings. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came down to earth as a baby in Bethlehem, bringing hope where only sadness had been. He came to bring light and life to the world. To our viewers out there, Jesus is knocking at the door to your heart. Won't you let him in and accept him as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord? For today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear his voice. Thank you. 
Coming up next will be our soloist, Rose Parker Carter, to sing the song, Mary's Little Boy. What a beautiful picture is described through this wonderful song. Shepherds witnessing a new star and a host of angels rejoicing in the heavens and praising God for the birth of his beloved son, Jesus. Accompanying Pohaku will be Iris Lock on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Trusty Associate Pastor Evans Spoke Sr. on the guitar. by night they saw a bright new shining star and heard a choir from heaven sing the music came from afar hark now hear the angels sing new kids born today and will live forevermore because of church choir will sing their final song for the day entitled Alleluia. Yes, we continue to celebrate the Christmas season with much rejoicing and singing Alleluia's to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He waits with open arms ready to receive those who will hearken to his call of salvation. We lift up our heads with much praise and thanksgiving each and every day of our lives for his unceasing love. Mm -hmm. 
with the Christmas theme, our string section of our church band will grace us with an old-time Christmas favorite entitled, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. To God be the glory for the great things he has done. He is our mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I'll call upon a very faithful couple in the Lord, so Spass Marvin and Sherlina Bing, to sing that inspiring and moving rendition of the song titled, Sometimes Alleluia, with yours truly on the piano. We will continue to lift our voices and give our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ all the praises and glory in this life and that to come. We would like to dedicate this beautiful selection to a faithful brother in Christ, Brother Gordon Nahopi. 
We pray the Lord Jesus Christ will continue to pour forth these heavenly blessings upon you. Have a wonderful and blessed Sunday. Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time station locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. 
from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in our Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Pololo Avenue, gospel services are held every Wednesday evenings only at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Lenny K. Waiasano Sr. in Kaloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui branch church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Some of you in our viewing audience are undoubtedly wondering if the participants in our telecast are compensated in any way to perform in choir band or vocal, special vocal and instrumental groups. My answer is emphatic no. Let me reassure you all that every person you see in our telecast are bona fide members of the Apostolic Faith Church who give of their total rehearsal and performance times as well as their talents willingly from the heart for the glory of God and for absolutely no monetary gains of any kind. Contributions from our TV viewers are used, in fact, to help maintain these weekly telecasts. And through your generosity and financial help, I'm able to bring forth such sermons as the one I have prepared for you today, entitled, The Customs of the People Are Vain. The scriptures, as well as the subject matter for this morning, warn us not to learn the ways of the heathen. The word heathen means any person or nation that neither worships nor believes that there is a God. Well, the term vain means having no real value or significance, worthless, unprofitable. We who have been born again are not heathens, but have been called to be saints in Christ Jesus. The true born-again Christian has been drawn out of this sinful nature into God, who was created in righteousness and true holiness. 
Therefore, and since the last days are upon us, one should be very conscientious of the Lord's righteousness and what God requires of us. Yes, viewers, you may ask, what has this to do with Christmas? Do you remember what a real Christmas is? As we approach the Christmas season, you will find shop windows, decorations, newspaper advertisements, magazine articles, and other events round and about us to promote Christmas. Have you considered just what is being promoted? Like the unique and phenomenal event which took place in Bethlehem almost 2,000 years ago, current customs prevent the true light of God to shine into the hearts of those who are lost in this sin-filled world. Just imagine this significant event changed the course of history and affected the world in its entirety. No other birth has had such a great impact upon mankind. Read in Jeremiah 10, 2-5, Thus said the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. Those who did not know God and who did not trust in Him were afraid of thunder and lightning, eclipses and comets, or of any unusual thing that they might see in the sky. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. Now don't these verses hit the nail right on the head? In regard to the perfect description of the Christmas tree, let us review the course many will take in preparing for Christmas. Each year, efforts are taken to seek out a tree, whether it be found in the forest or purchased at a store. One goes to great pains to get the best tree. The tree will be taken home, decorated, cared for, and placed in the most conspicuous area of the home for all to see. Next, family members and neighbors are all invited to the house to come and see the tree, which has been erected in the home. Simultaneously, county officials use the media to warn the people of the dangers of having such a tree in the home and the precautions that should be taken to protect the home against theft and fire. Now, with all of this activity, do you think Christ is foremost in their hearts? I think not. Jeremiah tells us that the Christmas tree is the way of the heathen and a custom of the people of the world. Yes, the hearts of men have been polluted, and more attention is given to a decorative tree, Santa Claus, and merriment more than the life giver himself, Jesus Christ. We should not liken ourselves to the heathen Israel, who made a figure with their hands and imaginations to convince themselves that God existed. We read in Ephesians 3, 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. It is through faith we recognize that the true tree of trees is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the tree of life. Listen to Revelations 2, 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. From this tree mankind can have anything his heart desires. Everything and every gift are wrapped up in this one tree, which includes the trimming and decorations, no strings attached. This tree was kept from man after he sinned, but now, it has been given back to the redeemed in the form of Jesus Christ. We read in Revelations 22, 14 to 15. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city, for without are dogs and saucers, 
and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. The real meaning of Christmas is found in Christ Jesus. Oh, it is true that the world thinks of this glorious person as a tender, little babe born in a manger. At each Christmas, the wonderful stars of the angelic choir, the wise men from afar, and the gifts presented to the babe are always recalled. However, the glorious light dawned only upon a few, that this child was none other than the almighty God himself, who was from the beginning and who clothed himself in a human body, prepared for him, so that the thoughts of God might be made known unto all men. Read in Isaiah 9:6, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This scripture reveals that Christ came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. Therefore, today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear his voice. The born-again message, which was first preached by Jesus, aroused the curiosity of the Pharisee named Nicodemus. He was a very strict religionist. He celebrated the Passover, paid tithes, said prayers, brought sacrifice, and tried his utmost to keep the law. To him, the Lord Jesus said, he must be born again. Turn to your Bibles, viewers, and you will find John 3, 5. Very, very, that is to say, this is the truth. I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And when God says you cannot, it means you cannot. Keeping the law, joining a church, living up to a religious creed or rituals will not save you. Hell will be full with souls of that nature because they fail to believe Jesus has set men free. What does it mean to be born again? It means to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ by immersion. Jesus tells us in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. We see that baptism is essential to salvation. Our physical life begins by birth. Our spiritual life begins the same way. However, it is not done by joining a church and becoming religious. Yes, viewers, you cannot join the family of God. You must be born into it. You can't make a Christian out of anybody. True Christians are not made, they are born. And in what name are you to be baptized? Baptism must be administered in the name of Jesus. Please read with me Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Just imagine, in that one verse, two wonderful and enduring promises are given to you. If you are baptized in the name of Jesus, you will receive the remission of your sins. That is to say, the Lord will remove your sins as far as the east is from the west and will remember them no more. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which will afford you entry into heaven. And the only evidence cited in the Bible to verify one has received the gift of the Holy Spirit is that of speaking in tongues or in unknown tongue. To confirm this, let us read in Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Receiving the Holy Ghost is something to see and hear. John reveals this phenomenon in chapter 3, 8, that wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and where they goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. 
The wind is a reality no man can fully explain. Only a fool would say, I don't believe in the wind because I have never seen it and I can't understand it. Thus one cannot explain the Holy Spirit, but his mighty power makes the heart pure, the liar honest, the drunkard sober, the blasphemer prayerful, the proud humble and the weak strong. The Apostle Peter, once empowered by the Spirit of the Lord, revealed the keys to the kingdom of God in the days subsequent to Pentecost. Reading Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. In other words, without administering the name of Jesus in water baptism, one is not saved. Jesus is the only saved for this lost and dying and sick, sin, sin sick world. He gives us all the hope that we need for every tomorrow. He is the preeminent Savior. He was born to die for our sins, born to give us second birth, and born to take us home to glory. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Yes, these are comforting words for every true born-again Christian. Thusly, TV viewers, the salvation of your soul lies with the decision you make today. You may be saying to yourself, I find that hard to believe that I am not saved. But isn't that what faith is all about? Believing and keeping his commandments. And yes, it is a difficult decision to make, being that we live in a generation with increasing corruption, deceitfulness, craftiness, lies, murderers, thefts, and so forth. And such is the myth of Santa Claus. A recent magazine article stated that making Santa Claus real required white lies. A lie is a lie, whether it's white or black. How do we explain the multiple Santas in the different stores? How does he get down the chimney when not all have, when not all have fireplaces? And more so in Hawaii. Moreover, how do we, we one day explain to our youngsters that the answers we gave them to these questions in the past were not truths at all? It is important for parents to be honest with the children. And the way to be honest is found in the Bible. Listen to Proverbs chapter 22, verse six. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm sure you will agree that the best training is to be an example. Therefore, according to the Bible, white lies are not permissible either. We should tell our children that the Santa Claus of this world is only a myth, a make-believe one, and that all the blessings flow from our Lord Jesus Christ, the true giver of gifts. Jesus Christ is God's love gift to the world, and true born-again believers are the Father's love gift to Jesus Christ. Christmas should be a real celebration for everyone if the real source of the blessings, who is Jesus alone, was allowed to emerge upon the Christmas scene. In addition, the Santa Claus image, formulated by man,
But most idea that happiness comes through material things. And that Santa dresses in red and gives away things which were actually brought or brought by other people. Though Santa has a beard, he is not Jesus. We are told in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, viewers, put Jesus first in your lives and bring yourself back to God. Then the material things will surely follow as you need, have need of them. Read in Luke, the sixth chapter, the 38th verse. It reads, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Yes, it is more blessed to give than to receive. However, it works both ways. To receive, one must give. And God loves a cheerful giver, not merely at Christmas, but at other times as well. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, verses 6 and 7, it reads, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as proposed in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Giving need not be done only at Christmas or Thanksgiving. Generosity in spirit and in work should be expressed every day of the year, especially where the poor and needy are concerned. Now here's some timely advice to all the children and teenagers. As a receiver of gifts, be content with what you receive for Christmas, your birthday or other special events. Remember, your parents know what you need and they are giving you gifts that arise from the heart as well as out of necessity. In other words, what you see is what you get. Suppress all negative behavior and act like men and women. Refrain from murmuring and being disgruntled. For when you assume any of these attitudes, you become like the multitudes who rejected and crucified the gift that came down from heaven. Just imagine his first trip down to earth was marred by humiliation, shame, and suffering. But that ordeal finally terminated. He is back in glory, as the psalmist says, the king of glory shall come in. Another custom of Christmas created by mankind includes eating, drinking, and engaging in merriment. Therefore comes the phrase, Merry Christmas. The main attraction pictures liquor, that is alcoholic beverages. What is a Christian to do? Do we abstain? Or is moderate consumption acceptable? The answers are found in the scriptures. Let us read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. Now these were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. 
The setting up of that desire as an idol can be found in the seventh verse. Neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. The result of fellowshipping with the world and its pleasures is death. As you read in verse 8, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and 20,000. Can you imagine the destruction that came when they sat down to eat, drink, and be merry instead of praying? We should pray, Lord, help us to escape all of these things. And I'm sure God, who is faithful, will not suffer us to be tempted above that we are able. But will with the temptation also make a way of escape that we be able to bear it. One of the major problems that plague us today is alcoholism. It is a dilemma which is getting progressively worse. If consumed wine gives one false hope and courage, hard liquor leads to confrontations. What foods men make of themselves, reeling to and fro, drunkenly down the street. God tells us not to carouse with drunkards and gluttons, for they are on their way to poverty. Read Proverbs 21. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Alcohol ridicules and mocks a person. We read in Proverbs 23, verses 29, 30, and 35, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. It is forbidden for a Christian to drink wine or whiskey, lest he drink and forget his duties and his judgments, to be afflicted and perverted. We read in Proverbs 31, 4 to 5, It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Today, many drink because they are depressed or stress has gotten the best of them. They drink to forget their poverty and misery. Remember, TV viewers, no matter how much you drink, after it's all over, the problem is still before you. Drinking never solves anything. It often makes matters worse. A sense of guilt develops, which can lead to more drinking and eventually alcoholism. America's major problem is not with drugs, but it lies with alcohol. We all know that drinking harms and endangers not only the drinker, but other innocent people as well. Small amounts of alcohol in the blood system can reduce one's coordination and reflexes. It can cause one to be overconfident and take risks such as driving too fast, passing at the wrong time, and so forth. Loss of coordination and judgment make drinkers accident-prone at home, on the job, and elsewhere. Losing work Monday morning, absences due to hangovers or coming to work intoxicated may cause a person his or her job. Arrests for drunkenness or creating disturbances are not only embarrassing, but can mean a damaging arrest record. I'm happy to see laws are being passed to protect the innocent and which give the offender something to consider before he or she drives intoxicated again. Each year we hear of tragic accidents and the needless loss of lives on the roads, the highways, due to drunken drivers. If you drink, don't drive. Therefore, as Christians, we should abstain from alcohol. 
We of the Apostolic Faith Church preach abstinence, not moderation. Let us read in 1 Peter 4, verses 2 to 4, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past, our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banqueting, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that he run not with them to the same excess of right, speaking vile of you. The things of this world will not bring satisfaction. Like unto Moses, we should make the right choice. Reading Hebrews 11, chapter 26, verse, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for I had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Jeremiah in, writes in Lamentations 3.40, let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Yes, indeed, the customs of the people are vain. The tree, Santa Claus, and alcohol do not enhance our salvation or worship one iota in the eyes of God, but such practice continues to prevent one from entering into the kingdom of God. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of his hands. The church band will close today's telecast with the song, Do You Hear What I Hear?
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.